The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep it love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. Uh, a lyrical analysis. Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. And oh, sorry, you'll have to excuse me. I'm stretching and getting ready for this because this is going to be a really long one and I don't want to pull anything today. T- today we're covering Jesus Walks and it's going to be a doozy. It will be a doozy. And I, we say this every 2.0 episode of uh, College Dropouts. Where we're just like, how bad of a job did we do the first time? But this is another song that the first time we overviewed it three years back, we did not do justice to it. So this is a this is a redemption. I think both of us kind of didn't even like the song. No, we ranked it mm, aggressively low. <laughs> aggressively low. Yeah, in terms of college dropout, it was probably it was probably in the bottom five. Yeah. Which at the time were just like, oh, this is so justified. <laughs> <laughs> I Assholes. mean, with so many good songs, it's not that crazy to me that it would be ranked that low. But then again, it is Jesus Walks and it's kind of anointed as a Kanye classic. So today is when we make up for our past wrongdoings. Yes. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for bearing with us for these three long years <laughs> as we've been so blind, so foolish. <laughs> we're hopefully going to give Jesus Walks the episode it so uh, deserves. Yeah, it's going to be annoyingly long, so get ready. <laughs> the prep for this episode was God. weird because it combined Kanye's love of samples with Kanye's love of referencing other songs and bringing in context from the samples and bringing in context from the other songs. So there was a lot of figuring things out, not to mention going over Rhymefest's initial verse and the changes between that and Kanye's version, and then the two remixed versions of Jesus Walks and the three music videos of Jesus Walks. Yeah, it's almost like this is a passion project for Kanye. Yeah, he may have thought that his career was on the line with this song or something. Radio needed it. Ugh. And uh, all of that was great. Like, the music videos always tend to be illuminating in some way to some of the concepts inherent to the track. So you can tend to glean a lot from watching the music videos. It was pretty fascinating to see how the three different music videos differed, but the ways that they were alike. Kanye definitely had his vision for what was going on and trying to convey what he wanted to convey with this song, which was the turning away 
from lifestyles that were ruinous and having Jesus walk with you and that leading to something uh, redeeming, triumphant. Yeah, do we want to give a bit of an overview of the album and then we'll work into kind of what each of those videos are doing? Let's do that. That's a good idea, Travis. <laughs> That's a good idea. So we start out with a kind of a little mini trilogy, uh, a micro narrative, if you will, as we like to say in our film analysis websites. Uh, you start with the intro setting up this idea of Kanye uh, doing something for the kids for graduation day. Something beautiful. Something that the kids are going to love when they hit. It's going to make them start jumping up and down and sharing candy and stuff. And he sings, We Don't Care. Congratulations to sing. Oh, yeah. I got the perfect song for the kids to sing. And all my people that's drug dealing just to get by. Stack your money till it gets sky high. And we don't care instead of being this thing that is appropriate for the school setting and the kind of idealized world and bubble world that school and university is, uh, is very realistic and <laughs> really gets at the plight of people. And in the wake of that, we get not Bernie Mac being like, Kanye, get the fuck out of here. Motherfucker, can't pull you off that motherfucker's stage, Kanye. Who told you to? I told you to do something uplifting. I'm trying to get you out here with these white people. That's how you going to do me. And that leads to All Falls Down, which is a nice bridge in that first verse from this girl that was in college, just like we kind of get at the intro, leaving school and going out into the real world, which is exactly what Kanye himself was doing. Man, I promise. She's so self-conscious. She has no idea what she's doing in college. That major that she majored in don't make no money, but she won't drop out her parents to look at her funny. So she ends up being kind of this avatar uh, for Kanye. And we see that she doesn't know what she's doing. She kind of gets lost. She's just doing hair. And she gets sucked into consumerism to make her feel better and to kind of give herself validation she's not getting from anywhere else. Uh, where she's even naming her daughter Alexis just because she can't afford it. And that's her way of feeling somehow connected to this thing that would give her value in some way. And in the second verse, the third verse, we get those uh, continued examinations, but on a larger scale of the value people derive from material possessions and why they derive that value and how society kind of imprisons us by trying to make us think that we need these things or want these things. And there's that tension. And in that way, society kind of brings you down and drags you down. And I can't even go to the grocery store without some ones that's clean and a shirt with a team. We live in the American dream. The people high up got the lowest self-esteem. The prettiest people do the ugliest thing. But a road to riches and diamond rings. And that's followed by I'll Fly Away. which is such a great setup for these contrasting movements uh, to have one song that's about being pulled down into something followed by this spiritual uh, it's not a hymn but what would you describe it as? Uh, just uh, what is it? Just an 
what is that fucking what, what would you call it not a gospel but like a yeah like a, a little gospel ditty sure a gospel ditty i think that's the proper term a gospel ditty so a little a little gospel ditty i'll fly away it gets at this idea of going off to heaven like life is hard i'm unhappy but one day i'll get to be with god and that'll be awesome Kanye takes that concept and then applies it to Spaceship, where he's working at the Gap and hating it, but knows that one day his spaceship is going to take him to greatness, and that's why he's working hard. Y'all don't know my struggle. Y'all can't match my hustle. You can't catch my hustle. You can't fathom my love, dude. Lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. That's a different world like three summers. I deserve to do these numbers. And Consequence and GLC both have verses that are emblematic of that as well, which takes this gospel song and puts it into terms of just day-to-day real life and equates success in your desired field with kind of reaching heaven or that connection with God. So you start to get the the seeds planted for this connection between the religious experience and success. And after that starts to get planted in Spaceship, you close Spaceship with Tony Williams coming in. And using more gospel terms and phrases before we transition to Jesus Walks, which is just very upfront in this battle of faith uh, and spirituality that's going on, where you literally have the devil trying to bring Kanye down and bring people down and break them versus Jesus that's helping them continue to walk and walk upward. God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. So the social constructs that Kanye had just laid out on We Don't Care, All Falls Down, and Spaceship, and the tensions between the things that bring you down versus the things that can lift you up to a different place are given this religious weight on Jesus Walks by literally bringing in Jesus and the devil which is insane and insanely cool. Yeah. And like every discussion that we have with Kanye when it comes to religion, it feels like it's so much more than Jesus though, you know, more than religion, more than Jesus walking with you and guiding you. So much of this is the result of all falls down in spaceship. It's this idea that to fly away, it's work you have to put in yourself So when Jesus walks and he walks with you, really all you're doing is following the teachings of Jesus and living by his word and being the best self you can be. So throughout the song, as Kanye talks about all these people that are doing these bad things that they could go to hell for, he's trying to position himself as somebody who can break past that, somebody who can break out of that all falls down mentality somebody who can move past the shitty job in spaceship, somebody who's not tempted to commit crimes to better themselves and just lives by Jesus's word, you know, follows Jesus on this walk. And it becomes so much more than just a big gospel song when it, when all that is happening. Yeah. It becomes a blueprint in a way for how to find your own success. Yeah. And the videos as mentioned, really do a great job of that. 
on almost three different ways. Um, the most popular one features a bunch of black men being carried around in a desert, all chained up and doing work. And it's intermixed with these people who are dealing drugs and being chased by the police. And that's intermixed with the KKK uh, burning a giant cross. Like there are all these people not living their best lives and want to break into something else and do something more with themselves. And Connie is kind of in the center of all that with flames around him, uh, just reaching out to Jesus, hoping for something more. Yeah. I love that hallway he's in with the fire coming to engulf him at times. And then the light overhead looking like a halo at times. And just that juxtaposition as it switches back and forth. And you see that tension visualized with Kanye then portrayed in those three narratives you described in the video and both the fire aspects of the life they're living followed by the potential halo aspects of the life they're living. Yeah. There's a real, um, you can really feel Kanye being consumed by it in the characters in the video being consumed by the negative energy, say like the KKK is bringing to it. So the KKK comes through and has this giant burning cross and that's where the fire comes from. And it's up to you to, you know, live by Jesus's word and move past that. Yeah, the KKK guy at the end, a storm breaks over him and he's on fire actually from carrying the cross, which is such a strong image, right? Yeah. That it's not just him burning the cross, but eventually the cross burns him. Uh, that hate that he has burns him. And when he could reach this point where the hate consumes him, the fire consumes him, uh, God brings a storm and douses the flames. And it's at that point he looks up and pulls off the hood and becomes a man again, rather than the shitty KKK person. <laughs> and then the second of the three music videos, one of them is probably the most straightforward, I would say, where Kanye is in his bedroom and there's a shot of a little Jesus on a car. What do you call those things? Like a little bobblehead kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's a picture of Jesus and all of a sudden Jesus shows up, uh, straight up out of the Jesus tour, you know, like white Jesus is there, like walking with Kanye and Kanye is literally walking with Jesus and Jesus just gives him money to hand out to the kids and Jesus cures his cousins like broken leg or something like Jesus is literally just walking through and making everybody lives, everybody's lives better. And Kanye is just kind of feeding off that. Yeah. There's one point where it shows him like walk up and there's like some sketchy dudes kind of standing there and Kanye kind of looks at them and they're like, Hey, come on. And Jesus <laughs> is like, no, Kanye, no walk this way. <laughs> and like leads him away from the guys. That is very straightforward. The, the third one that Chris and I are probably most jazzed to talk about is one I had definitely never seen and is not the popular version of the video. And my, actually in our opinion be one of the better Kanye West videos that exists yeah shit is wild <laughs> it's it's Kanye at the pulpit in a church and he's preaching to this congregation as you know kind of his verse is going and it cuts much like the first video we described between three different characters except this time it's like a, a drunken homeless guy a prostitute's and a kid in a gang and it felt their stories felt much more cohesive to me than the version that was Kanye's favorite in the most popular where in Kanye's favorite, that first one, they're chunked a bit more. 
Like, you mm-hmm. see most of the Chang gang, then you see most of the people with their drugs, and then you see most of the KKK guy. Where, in this one, the three are intercut a little bit more and developed a little bit more. And they all kind of steer into each other, which is pretty awesome. But yeah. all three reach low points, and angels literally come and help them. <laughs> and then at some point, when they're all, they all show up at the church, and they're standing in front of Kanye, who is now the preacher... Uh, the homeless man sets down a bottle of alcohol. The gang member sets down his do-rag and the woman falls to the ground. It's like they're laying down what, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, what they had associated with. Like these items yeah. are metaphorical for their associations to the things that had brought them down. Right. Yeah. So in acknowledging those things that brought them down, you know, being able to recognize that and be able to move past that. Like, I feel like that energy is in this song because, and Jesus walks the first verse has Connie kind of caught up in doing crime and living not his best life. And the second verse is all about moving past it. So that one, I think to us at least embodies the song in the best way and just has some really powerful visuals and powerful moments. It was also the most expensive of the videos. I think it clocked in at like $600,000 to film. Good God. He, he made three of these things? Yeah. And the second one was $500,000, <laughs> I do believe. It's either six hundred and five hundred or five hundred and four hundred. dollars Who was giving and him all this money? It was his own money. Oh, wow. Jeez. And then the third one only cost 40000 Well, the third one you and I could have filmed. Yeah, it was it was much it was much cheaper, but it was fun. It had its own fun energy. Like when Kanye gets out of the bedroom and just walks into the hallway, and you just see Jesus chilling in the corner, like yeah, funny. And out in the yard, and all the kids are dancing. Like the dancing is so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, and is it Mace driving him? Probably. Uh, yeah, one of the Jesus Walks remix has Mace, which I guess makes sense because he did quit rapping to become a preacher but i i never knew that (laughs) and it's awesome yeah i mean if you're gonna come back into a song jesus walks would be it that's right so those are the music videos in short um but they really do get at the dichotomy of the verses on jesus walks and before we get to jesus walks itself i think it's worth talking a bit about rhyme fest because Kanye as a writer comes up a lot and one of the things that people will talk about will say like oh you know Rhymefest originally wrote Jesus Walks and like Kanye just kind of came in and did some things or a lot of people point to Rhymefest having written Jesus Walks as kind of detracting from Kanye and I think that there's such a striking difference between Rhymefest's Jesus walks verse and the Kanye Jesus walks verse. They're slightly different. You know what the Midwest is, young and restless. We're copping that work, he's your best investment. And none of my niggas gon' answer questions. Cause none of my niggas know who the fence is. We hustle off I think the Rhymefest verse is strong. Like it has some great images, it has some great emotion, flow. Uh, but it also I think shows the difference between Kanye and other rappers. Mm-hmm. I think it really shows Kanye's knack for visuals and how appreciative he is of film. Like I can feel him really bringing in 
on top of the scenes he's painting in this, he he brings in all this emotion energy to the scenes to where it, it feels like you're watching his songs to whereas I think Rhinefest is really just presenting a lot of scenes and nothing really to attach to it and nothing that offers, you know, the next step, some, uh, offers that step to move past what he's describing. Yeah, right. Like Kanye's sets up a problem and then offers catharsis. Right. Uh, where Rhymefest just describes the issue. Like, my life has been hard and kind of sucks sometimes. And, like, sometimes I just want to die. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And you're like, damn. Like, damn. Uh, but I think some of what you're talking about with film, if you go through Rhymefest's verse, uh, you just look at how it opens. You know what the Midwest is, young and restless. So Kanye you know, kept that line as homage and because it's a great line where copping that work is your best investment. And none of my guys get to answer questions because none of my guys know who the feds is. We hustle hard for dollars. Like we grew up checklists. Pops wasn't around mom's smoking the breakfast. I think image wise, the first real image you get is mom's smoking the breakfast, uh, which you can kind of picture some, like a woman smoking crack. Um, followed by before I sold weed, we was roach infested. Uh, the two girls downstairs was both molested. Uh, maybe with roach infested, you get the image of a roach in a home. Uh, but you're now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight lines into the song without a strong visual moment. Will you compare that to Kanye's opening? You know what the Midwest is? Young and restless. Restless. Might snatch your necklace. The next thing. Might jack your Lexus. Somebody tell you who Kanye West is. I walk through the valley of the shower. Death is. Top floor. If you alone and leave your breathless. Try to catch it. And right there, there's already more action and more visual elements. As you can imagine, somebody running up and snatching a necklace. Or these two guys breaking into a Lexus. Uh, I walk through the valley of the shy where death is. There's something very visual and dramatic about that uh, that paints a picture in the mind that's easy to imagine that you just don't get from the Rhymefest verse. Right. Really, what you're describing is Kanye's ability to create a setting because the setting is everything. You know, what catharsis can you possibly achieve if you don't know what this character is breaking free from? All Rhymefest is really offering, again, I don't think he's even doing a bad job at painting the scene. Like I can picture kind of like a rundown apartment complex or something or a rundown home. And there are all these guys like dealing drugs and doing crimes outside the house. And these girls are being molested. Like it's not a great place to live. And it just never really carries beyond that though. You know, like you said, where is the catharsis? It ends with sometimes I just want to rest in peace like Osiris that's how it ends. You know, it's this hope that something good will come along and break you free. Therese Kanye takes this terrible setting that he's stuck in and says, I'm going to find it within myself to move beyond this. And by the end of the song, Kanye kind of does. He's into a different mindset and we see a change in the mindset from verse one to verse two. And there's much more potential for something to happen with this song going to radio and it gives it this meta moment as we are feeling this song and just like, holy shit, this is so good. This is so dynamic. Yeah, of course this song's going to do well. 
but in the song himself, he's still positioning it like, oh, maybe this song will be the thing that changes my life, <laughs> which is kind of cool when you have that uh, twist going on. And it also really signals Kanye's ability as a storyteller because Jesus Walks isn't necessarily the end. Never Let Me Down is the continuation of Jesus Walks, and Kanye's going to build on the ideas he was expressing in this song. Yeah, and Jesus Walks wasn't even the beginning. Like, We Don't Care and All Falls Down and Spaceship all led to this. So uh, that's just the dynamic that Kanye brings, which is why... You know, if he got help with a line here or there in making sure it was as sharp as possible, I think that's fine because the concept and the idea carries so much weight and is so powerful. And the vision he brings to it with the imagery, with the narrative and the catharsis is so powerful that, like, I don't know, that's more important to me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So should we get in? Oh no, we have to. We have to talk about some samples. Yeah, there's a bunch. There are a bunch. One "Ode to Billy Joe" by Lou Donald is thankfully for us an instrumental, <laughs> so there's no context to really discuss there. No, I'm just gonna play a clip of it here, and we're done. And then one other is part of the overall structure of the song. The rest we'll get to as the lines come up. But the one that's part of the overall structure of the song is Walk With Me by the Ark Choir. And you may find the lyrics for that pretty familiar. You may notice a little bit of tension between what seems declarative in Jesus' walk with me. He mm. walks with my mother. Uh, he walks with me. Contrasted with I want Jesus to walk with me, which seems more wishful thinking rather than that declarative. And those two go back and forth, which may seem like nothing until you get closer to the end of the song. So what started off with such faith and conviction kind of ends very questioning and longing. And it makes it seem like maybe the relationship this person had wasn't as real as they were trying to make it seem at the beginning, which kind of makes that whole sample much more intense than what I initially would have thought. Yeah, I think Kanye, I, we've seen him do this several times. We just talked about it with Who Will Survive in America. 
you know, the original Gil Scott Heron song, Comment Number One, is a scathing indictment of, you know, these young white college liberals who have joined the black movement and are quoting Malcolm X. And all Gil Scott Heron can think is, you're not part of this fight. Like, go protest Richard Nixon and these white people who are doing terrible things. Like, leave this fight to us. And then Kanye, of course, completely twists that, doesn't take that angle at all, makes us sound super inclusive. He almost does kind of an opposite thing of the sample. And in that way, it pronounces this point even more. I kind of see that happening here. And I think the most telling line is the art choir is talking about this being a tedious journey. And it's almost like life is such a drag, man. Like I can't wait to be done with this life and to just move on to heaven where God will talk to me and I'll just be living a better life. Kanye's definitely not on that plane. Kanye wants to make the most of what he can while he's here. And that's why he looks to Jesus. He looks to Jesus to give him that guidance and that strength to be his best. Yeah, that seems to be such a major contrast between what it seems like and not to talk shit on gospel songs but it seems like a lot of gospel songs are like as i can't wait to get to heaven and be with you where kanye i'm sure would be excited about that but also at the same time looks to god for strength in the present to be great now and to kind of create mm-hmm. this heaven on earth that he can enjoy and be the best version of himself he can be through having his faith empower him in that way rather than just being like man life sucks like (laughs) can't wait to die yeah i mean that describes the power of the life of pablo you know it starts in this low place where kanye just wants to fuck models and he has to work his way to being a better husband and a better father and he does that through finding jesus you know finding god he does the same thing on kids he ghosts bettering yourself internally doesn't mean just like divine intervention it means accepting god into your life and then living by those teachings and then of course jesus walks you know is kind of doing all these things we're describing kanye bettering himself internally but on this song particularly you really feel him trying to become this figure that can inspire others as well and I guess that doubt that the our choir had in their song, Kanye just doesn't have that same doubt. He knows that <laughs> Jesus is there with him and it still has that repetition of like, Jesus, please walk with me. Jesus, please walk with me. He knows that he has to keep uh, the emphasis on his relationship because the devil is trying to break him down. But knowing that Jesus is there and having that presence of Jesus, which is magnified by the sample and having Jesus walk repeats, um, it becomes more uplifting rather than, I guess, questioning. Yeah. I feel like what you're describing pretty much captures what reborn is all about. It can be really tough to follow the word of God and to keep that energy, keep up that energy as you're going through tough times, but you know, finding it and moving forward is always the goal. So some of the other samples we'll get into as we encounter them. One upcoming very soon. Actually, a lot of them are in the first verse. Um, But we start with Kanye, you know, being very specific and telling us what's going on. 
We at war. We at war with terrorism, racism, but most of all, we at war with ourselves. Which is just very straightforward. And this song is going to be looking at the tension between my best attributes and my worst attributes. I, I think it can be when you're when you hear that intro, you can instantly think like, you know, oh, people are fighting each other. But in true Kanye fashion, the war is really always with yourself and pushing yourself to become better. So when we're at war with ourselves, Kanye's really just saying like the war you have with yourself to be better. Yeah. And, you know. I would maybe even extrapolate from this, and maybe it's reaching a bit, but we could see that Kanye was concerned up front from the beginning of his discography with this battle within yourself uh, between the godly component of you and the devilish component of you, which I think plays out in future albums and gets expressed in that two-tone or binary dynamic that we see very much present on Yeezus and Life of Pablo and Ye. And it just seems like this dichotomy has been a fixation of Kanye's for a long time and something that he's been exploring since the beginning of his discography, but keeps finding new interpretations of it and new ways of looking at it. Yeah, that's definitely not a reach. That's like 100% true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this just gets set what infuriates me about so many music publications these days you know they get mad that kanye is suddenly talking about prison reform like kanye shouldn't be the voice of this kanye's been talking about it since all falls down like these threads have run throughout kanye's career and he's only gotten better and better at expressing them through his art uh and on yeezus just real fast you know the jesus component would be say hold my liquor you get the vulnerable emotional honest justin vernon aspect on hold my liquor contrasted with more of the ego-driven, devil-influenced Chief Keith. And that dynamic continues on the rest of the album as you have a Justin Vernon voice going against an assassin voice, Kid Cudi contrasting Pop Can. Uh, King Louis contrasting Beanie Man. And you have that dynamic going on as Kanye tries to figure out these warring elements within him and let one come out, the better one come out eventually by the end with Bound 2. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. We talk about Kanye showing versus Kanye telling, and this is kind of what we're talking about with telling rather than showing. He's very upfront here with the dynamics of what's going on in a way that he may not be by the time we get to graduation or My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, especially not by the time we get to Ye. Although it is very visual, like it has power in that sense because you can picture Kanye getting on the ground and like reaching his hands up and saying like, God, show me the way. Yeah, and the devil's actively trying to break him down, which you can imagine both presences right there. And Jesus walk with me. So we get that as we're heading into the first verse. All that context 
of being at war with yourself and the devil taking this active role in trying to ruin you. Yeah. And the devil taking this active role is only enhanced further by the songs that have preceded it and you feeling like you're stuck in this low place you can't break out of. Uh, so verse one. You know what the Midwest is, young and restless, restless. Might snatch your necklace the next day. Might check your Lexus. Somebody tell you who Kanye West is. You know what the Midwest is, young and restless. Thank you, Rhymefest. The Midwest, because this is Chicago and Kanye is focused on Chicago. Young and Restless, uh, a reference to the soap opera, Young and Restless. The Young and the Restless. Oh, I'm so sorry. Young and the Restless. <laughs> my mom watched a lot of that, so it's burned into my brain. Did you ever have like a period of getting hooked on a soap opera? I did not, but I'm sure you're going to tell me about the period you had. Sunset Beach in 1997. No, I don't know what year it was, but it was the 90s. And I was homesick from school one day, and it was on, and there were some really like attractive women, so I watched, and I got hooked into this like twin, evil twin drama that was going on, and somebody like maybe dying, and they didn't know if the person died, and I started taping Sunset Beach for like three months. I can see that happening. Yeah. Then I realized it was all bullshit. <laughs> I um. I take that back kind of. I, I There were two soap operas I watched. Um, one was on MTV. I don't know if you remember this. It's called Undressed. I remember Undressed. Yeah. Which is pretty much a soap opera, I would say. It's just like kids at college all having sex with each other. And that's pretty much it. On the next Undressed. She's mine. I saw her first. I told Donnie I'd hang with him tonight. Why would you want to hang with Donnie? Donnie's gay, isn't he? And the other one is um, the WWE. I used to watch the WWE. That is definitely a soap opera. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, that was my first soap opera and <laughs> continues to this day to be my favorite soap opera. Yeah, yeah, I would still say that's number one. Only because Undressed is not on the air anymore. No, Undressed was like MTV edgy. <laughs> like, Yeah. You see somebody walk into the locker room and, like, start to lift their shirt, and it cuts. And you're like, oh, how, like, edgy this is. I still have... I don't even know why I think about this once in a while, but there's an image burned into my brain from that show. And there was an, uh, a storyline at one time where there was this nerd who had never had sex. And he was not confident in himself at all. And he was in the showers with some guy, and he kept his towel on he didn't want to take his towel off and the guy's like come on man like take your towel off how small could your dick be and he rips the towel off him and it goes to a commercial break and then when it cuts back the guy's like oh my god and this nerd has like a giant dick <laughs> and it's there's a black bar over his dick and it's like it's absurdly huge it's like three feet long well not that big but um so the storyline was that he's too scared to have sex with a girl because he doesn't think they're going to see it, you know, and freak out. And I don't know. I always picture that black bar. It haunts my dreams. <laughs> That's a, uh, what a childhood. <laughs> yeah. It's probably why I didn't have sex when I was 25. Uh, I'm glad you finally got over that, you know? Mm-hmm. I was waiting. I was waiting for like, a, a like, ah, I wasn't 25. <laughs> no. No, I was at 25. I was 29. You almost got me to spit out my water. It happened last week. I did it, guys. 
Democrats, right? Yep. Amazing. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Lauren's so patient. <laughs> I wanted to be married first. <laughs> it didn't take a little bit more time. Okay, so Young and Restless, which I think is just, we would argue, because the soap opera is so dramatic and over the top, that it's kind of just signifying that the Midwest is very, like, dramatic and over the top and has, like, a lot of shit going on the way a soap opera does. Mm. And the show takes place in Wisconsin. It does indeed. So it is a Midwest show, which is why they maybe didn't reference, you know, Sunset Beach. (laughs) Or Undressed. Or uh, what's a hospital one? General Hospital. (laughs) My mom watched them all. You think I could have thought of that. (laughs) But Young and Restless. uh, What's the one where all the children are there? Children's Hospital? Oh, no. Oh, that's a good one. But I was thinking of all my children. Oh. Yeah, that was that about children? Yeah, the cast was made entirely of toddlers. I don't know what I expected when I asked that question. (laughs) Okay. I'm guessing it's about some sort of like matriarch and patriarch and they have a big family and we watch the infighting of all the cousins and siblings and all of that. Uh, Yeah, no, that's pretty accurate of every single soap opera ever made. So, yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, so then we get... As we talked about, where restless uh, guys might snatch your necklace, except uh, the use of guys isn't Kanye saying it. It comes from Curtis Mayfield in the song, Don't Worry, If There's a Hell Below, We're All Going to Go. Sometimes people ask, like, is Kanye really, like, picking samples based on, you know, context for the song? Is it sometimes he just picking it for the music? And it's like, yeah, maybe if it's an instrumental, but what are the odds that every time we look up uh, a sample, the title in some way has a clear connection to what's going on in the song? In this case, if there's a hell below, we're all going to go. Like, yeah. Yeah. And of course, this song is all about moving past that behavior. So again, this sample is used ironically in a way. Yeah. Like Kanye's asserting how they're not going to go to hell, the opposite of it. And Curtis Mayfield really takes a dramatic look at it. Sisters. Niggas. Whiteys. Jews. Crackers. And that's where the sample comes from. He takes directly from that and inserts uh, the use of the N-word. We have Kanye kind of channeling that energy of the bleakness of the world and this bleak mindset of everybody that's just fucking up as he repeats the N-word in these three lines where restless guys might snatch your necklace and next these guys might jack your Lexus. Somebody tell these guys who Kanye West is. Yeah, it's kind of amazing because, again, looking at Kanye's using the song ironically, using the sample ironically, these guys, 
that are snatching a necklace and jacking the Lexus and Curtis Mayfield's song are kind of hopeless and doomed to go to hell because they're just hopeless. You know, they're not going to turn their lives around. They keep living this way. It's more of a warning to where Kanye's song becomes a guide in a way, you know, these for this first verse is all about presenting these guys in the environment and acting in the way that Curtis Mayfield says will send them to hell. And then we're going to eventually reach a second verse where it's about moving past that behavior. And that second verse, to point out, starts with to the hustlers, killers, murders, drug dealers, even the scrippers, which echoes Curtis Mayfield's sisters, brothers, whiteys, Jews, crackers. Don't worry if there's a hell below, we're all going to go. He even has another part that says sisters, brothers and the whiteys, blacks and the crackers, police and their backers. They're all political actors. So that listing that Kanye then has with hustlers, killers, mur- murders, drug dealers, even the scrippers is uh, a continuation of what Mayfield was saying. But where Mayfield o- offers only bleakness, Kanye declares Jesus walks for them. That's that turning point for the second verse. Yeah. Because they have Jesus walking for them. There's hope. Yeah. And in that way, you get, wow, the combination of Curtis Mayfield's song with the choir which I already got rid of them, the art choir. (laughs) Uh, So you have the combination of Curtis Mayfield and the art choir with those two songs put now into conversation and showing that if you only have one, like without the other, both feel kind of hopeless. But when you combine the two, there's a sense of hope that comes out of it. Yeah, that's really amazing, actually, because the art choir are these lost people who need guidance. And Curtis Mayfield is almost presenting these people who are hopeless and any guidance isn't going to help them. They're just living the lives they're living. Kanye looks to move past uh, both of the ideas expressed in those songs. Which is what he does with samples often. By putting them in conversation with each other, he adds context to what they're saying and doing. And we're about to see him do that again in just a second. Mm. <laughs> uh, so we get the Snatch Your Necklace, Jack Your Lexus, which gets back to All Falls Down and trying to get these nice things because it makes you feel better. And being in a negative space internally, which is why you feel you need these things and will, you know, put your life in jeopardy in order to get them. Uh, And then he says, you know, somebody tell these people who Kanye West is, which starts to separate him a bit from them. But just like they need to recognize me. It could be seen as kind of an egotistical statement at this point, rather than something like I'm not like them at all. And that especially comes through in the rest of the verse as we see that Kanye kind of positions himself as no better than them in what he's doing. But he at least thinks of himself as better. (laughs) Uh, And then says, I walk through the valley of the shy where death is. Which is a reference to uh, the classical biblical verse about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I walk through the valley of the shadow of death also recalls another little ditty from the 90s. Uh, the a little known one. <laughs> the 1995 single from Coolio's second studio album, Gangster's Paradise. As 
as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know. And it paints this life on the streets of being a gangster and how dark it is and the attitude the fear uh you get moments of hope moments of wanting something different i'm the kind of cheat a little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night saying prayers in the street light and then in the second verse it gets into more about why this is the situation that he's in and what his fate is going to be which isn't positive and then in the third verse it just paints a very bleak image power and the money money and the power minute after minute hour after hour everybody's running but half of them ain't looking what's going on in the kitchen but i don't know what's cooking they say i got to learn but nobody's here to teach me if they can't understand it how can they reach me i guess they can't i guess they won't i guess they front that's why i know my life is out of luck fool so I think given the landscape that Kanye's painting, especially with this first verse and kind of more of the traditional gangster life that you see in the Midwest and in Chicago specifically, and the crime that we see at the beginning, and what we got with We Don't Care, with We Weren't Supposed to Make It Past 25, and even Gangster's Paradise having that, like, I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things is going, I don't know. I, I I would imagine that I walk through the valley of the shy where death is brings in some of the context from Gangster's Paradise and Coolio yeah. in that way and the hopelessness of that lifestyle, which also echoes the Curtis Mayfield sample. <laughs> yeah, once again, kind of used ironically. Yeah, because he does find a way that doesn't involve you know somebody teaching him an education because we rejected that shit. <laughs> yeah, this we is don't the college that. dropout. Uh uh-uh. fuck um, you, Bernie Mac. Uh, So we go from Kanye uh, comparing Chicago to this biblical valley where the shadow of death is, which is dramatic in and of itself, to a contrasting place, top floor, from the valley to the top floor. Uh, The view alone will leave you breathless, which how are we painting that again? That the top floor Um, is where he's trying to get? The top floor, I mean, it carries a lot of different meanings since Kanye is kind of boasting himself a bit and saying, you know, somebody tell these guys who Kanye West is, you know, he's on this top floor. And I think it kind of creates, um, there's a dual meaning to that to where the ego that's elevated him to the top floor, you know, he's lived this life, you know, of crime and he's made all this money and he's gotten to the top floor and that's great and everything. But at the top floor, he can see, all of Chicago where all the death is and the view leaves you breathless. So it's a great view because you're on the top floor, but it's also kind of a scary daunting view. That's right. I had forgotten about that contextual (laughs) top view and that idea that you can go from being in the Valley and not really getting the broad picture. But when you get to the top floor and you're looking at Chicago and the state of Chicago, there's something really unsettling about that as you look at all the chaos that's going on in the valley. Yeah. And again, this just speaks to Kanye's power as a visual storyteller to get to this top floor. And it sounds great, but then 
when you're breathless and you start gasping, it doesn't sound great all of a sudden. And Kanye's saying, try to catch it. Try to catch it could mean you're trying to catch the top floor, but it also means you're trying to catch your breath and you gasp again. Kind of hard when you're getting choked by detectives. And suddenly it brings in this completely different image. You've gone from a valley of death to the top floor to getting choked. It's almost like he's on the top floor and it's not cool anymore. All he does is see all the horror going on. And you zoom in on this scene where detectives are choking people. And it isn't like Connie's not a part of that. It's just that Connie sees it and he's a part of it too. And he's a part of this oppressive system. Yeah, he's someone that has that perspective of both being in the thick of it and being outside of it and being able to discuss it, which is exactly what we saw in All Falls Down, right? Yes. That he was saying, you know, we're all self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. Like, here I am readily understanding what is going on. And even though I get what's going on, I'm still as much a part of it and victim to it as everybody else. And that's what we see here. And I, I love what you're saying about how it starts off as seeming very bragging. Like, somebody tell these guys who Kanye West is. Like, I walk through <laughs> the valley of the shy where death is. I got this top floor view, which will leave all of you breathless. Oh, God, it's kind of hard to catch my breath. And it, given the setting where it seems like you get success through snatching necklaces, jacking Lexuses... Uh, living in the more devilish kind of life, the end result often is uh, getting choked by detectives. Like, <laughs> you yeah. get arrested and sent away. So what starts off as initially very bragging and ego-driven completely breaks apart, which seems to me like such a great moment of what Kanye did as an artist when it came to gangster rap and how gangster rap was so dominant at the time and the ways that Kanye and his soundscape and his lyrics uh, really pushed against gangster rap and gave us something else. And here, I think, is a perfect example of not illuminating or or not championing that gangster attitude, but looking at how kind of destructive it can be. I mean, yeah, he especially does that in that line, getting choked by detectives. Yeah, yeah, no, check the method. And Check the Method is referencing at least two different songs that we know of where Check the Method is used as a boastful maneuver. You know, it's like, check my method. I'm so awesome. But instead, here we see detectives using the method. And while Check the Method could be used in an egotistical way, again, going back to the top floor dichotomy being created, it's actually being used to say, like, oh, gosh, like these people oppress us right and left. Yeah, and those uh, references are, first, A Tribe Called Quest's Keep It Rolling. And it's a pretty classic rap song. You get Fife Dog and Q-Tip doing the kind of uh, braggadocio reasons why I'm better than other rappers, the things that I've done, like how cool I am, the things that I have, why I'm a better MC, uh, the women that love me kind of what you'd expect from Biggie, Jay-Z. And it's fun. It flows really well. You get that from both of them. And then you get Large Professor coming in. So he does get into a little bit more of conscious discussion there. Um, you know, one rapper fell off. Now he's a junkie. There's 8 million stories in the city. It's a pity. But yeah, yeah. Now check the method. Uh, pay attention here 
to what he's doing and what he's saying, it's still part of this kind of bragging fest that the mm-hmm. song is. And a few years later, we get Common, not a few years later, one year later, <laughs> we get Common releasing a song in my own world, subtitled Check the Method. Which is Common and No ID. You know, Common from Chicago, who Kanye references a lot. Uh, no ID, who is Kanye's mentor. I can't say the word mentor. <laughs> no ID, who is Kanye's mentor. The T is silent. Mentor. I grew up, you know, Northeast Ohio has mentor, but it's M E N T O R, but we always said mentor rather than mentor. Okay, mentor. No ID. There we go. And the song starts off with, yeah, yeah, now check the method. And that's the hook, is just, yeah, yeah, now check the method. And No ID's verse is very poetic, but it's still very much about, like, you know, I'm better than other MCs. This is what I do as a rapper. And being the best. And then Common comes in and says very much the same stuff. It's very bragging, ego-driven, and typical, I think, that style of hip-hop and that era of hip-hop. So, as you were saying, when Kanye uses that... He doesn't use it in application to himself. He uses it to the cops that are choking him. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And so something that was very empowering for the MC is now the MC being the victim of somebody else's power. Yeah. And as the song will go on to really note, Kanye almost chastises rappers later in the song and says, you know, we rap, we don't think. It's almost like this ironic use of Check the Method is showing how much power these other parties and entities have. Like, you can boast yourself up all you want, and say you have all this power, but these people can bring you down and can squash our voice. And moving past even that, you know, kind of superlative power, which seems impossible, is doable if you believe in yourself enough. And there might be something, which this could be more of a reach, but just the fact that rappers are so dependent on their breath and vocals to be <laughs> breathless and gasping and getting choked by detectives. Uh, there's something that that really does take away the power that you have and the thing that you're reliant on to try to actually get out of this life. That is a reach, but I like it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so then we go from that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now check the method, which gets at both the method of the detectives choking him, but also pay attention to how, like what follows. They be asking us questions, harass and arrest us, saying we eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. 
happy Gilmore reference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're on. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. So y'all eat pieces of shit is just what Happy Gilmore says. What's the basis is not. <laughs> but it seems to be that Kanye's just questioning, like, yo, why? Like, why are you doing this to us? Like, what's the reason? What's the logic? What's the foundation for this? Which is essentially the question posed to Shooter McGavin. Why are you being such an asshole? <laughs> like, why are you doing this to me? God, Shooter was such a dick. <laughs> He's so good. Uh, we ain't going nowhere, but got suits and cases, which is such a good line. Like, that's oh, a classic Kanye line. I love it. I feel like I just understood it for the first time yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't even need it explained to me. I didn't need to read an annotation. I was just reading it, and I was like, oh, wow, like, that's really great. Because, I mean, obviously, he's saying, you can't go anywhere, but we have suitcases. You know, suits and cases, suitcases. Okay. Like, that's a clever play on words. But he's saying, we ain't going nowhere, but got suits, lawsuits, and cases, court cases. So the suitcase part is used a bit ironically, I guess, because if you're not going anywhere, why do you have a suitcase? But then if you take it in literal terms, you're not going anywhere because you're stuck at home going to court all the time. Yeah, your life is fucked. Which I think also gets back so nicely to the all falls down dynamic that you want to do these nice things and want to have these nice things, but you get caught in a system that doesn't let you really have them. Yeah, the dynamic that you just painted with that, I, it's, it's one of the things that Kanye does that I love the most when he does it because it's so simple, but has such meaning to it. But at the same time, it's still so simple. But we... Do transition from him going somewhere that he has a trunk full of coke and rental car from Avis. So we get a little bit of a, a play with We Ain't Going Nowhere by following it up with this rental car now being in play. And... Kanye's going to go do this drug deal, which this kind of long distance drug running used to be more common back in the day. I guess it still has to be common. Drugs have to get from one place to another. <laughs> but we have uh, my mama used to say only Jesus can save us, which is good advice from a parent. And Kanye says, well, mama, I know I act a fool, which interpolates hey mama before any of us had ever heard hey mama as he was saving it for late registration but it had already existed for a few years at that point right which is kind of funny so i think people sometimes think that kanye took this line which maybe even we did when we did our hey mama episode right but it was actually first on hey mama before being used here hmm uh, then he says, but I'll be gone till November. I got packs to move. So even though his mom had given this, him this advice, had shown him the way that Jesus will help you out of whatever predicament you're in, like Kanye's just like, well, I act a fool and I'm going to be gone running these drugs uh, until November, which that line itself refers to a Wyclef Jean song, Gone Till November, which is a song dedicated to guys that are in jail. 
Uh, I dedicate, or not even in jail, but people that are running drugs. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself why, oh why? See, you must understand, I can't work a nine to five. So I'll be gone till November. Said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You'll tell my girl but it's this desire for wealth and this hope that running these drugs is going to give you what you need but it really it doesn't it just kind of leaves heartbreak but with the outro he still seems to advocate it a bit i know the hustle's hard but we gotta enterprise so another song that kanye kind of pushes back against by saying like no you don't have to be this way or do this yeah although it's very insane in this moment because kanye is somebody who's buying into that lifestyle and is ready to live it i mean it's the samples definitely or the interpolations used ironically when you consider the entire scope of the song and what it's doing as a whole but in this moment it's almost like he's just yeah i'll be gone to november like i'm acting like the song yeah he's using the song as a reference just to bring in the foundation of that thought and because wyclef gene so lyrically puts what the mindset is of somebody that's making these runs and that attitude, uh, their hopes and aspirations. And that's what Kanye is summoning upon by referencing it. Mm. Uh, so then uh, we end with, I hope just I'll be gone till November. I got packs to move. I hope like maybe I'll be back. I hope I can be back. And there's that specter of death coming in or jail, or I guess something worse. But then we get the chorus. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now. And I don't think there's nothing I could do now to right my wrongs. I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't spoken so long. Show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now. And I don't think there's nothing I can do now to right my wrongs. I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't spoken so long. I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't spoken so long. Which gets back to the arc choir concept that, like, I need to have this conversation. Like, won't you talk with me? Like, I'm kind of at a loss here and needing more. But throughout his questioning and doubt, we just have the Jesus walk kind of repeating and coming in and adding, I guess, a, a backbone to this chorus. Mm -hmm. that's reminiscent to Lord shine your light on me save me please keep moving forward uh that God's presence is there it really mixes you know that God shine your light on me that that energy you're trying to capture with the fear and emptiness the art choir is representing you know kind of does seem I'm afraid because we ain't spoken so long and that's a bit dire, but it makes sense for the point we're at in the song where Connie's living this negative lifestyle in the first verse. Like he has to move past that. And it makes sense to, I think, mix 
that sort of holy imagery with somebody who does feel lost and is looking for something more. And then the next verse is where you finally see him break through. And we never get that line repeating after the second verse, right? Right. We go back to the chorus with God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is my feet don't fail me now. So that I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't spoken so long is only here. Right. And sets up the second verse of him speaking to God and representing God and having that faith come back in. Mm. Beautiful. Oh, to the hustlers, killers, murderers, drug killers, even the scrippers. Jesus was for them. To the victims of welfare, feel we living in hell here. Hell yeah. Jesus was so then we get the start of the second verse to the hustlers, killers, murderers, drug dealers, even the scrippers, which is just slang for strippers. Uh, Jesus walks for them. So they're there. Jesus is there for you, with you during this time. You're not alone. To the victims of welfare, uh, feel we living in hell here. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this kind of is hell here, but like... Jesus walks for you as well. Now hear me, hear me, wanna see thee more clearly. I know he hear me when my feet get weary. Cause we're the almost nearly extinct. We rappers as role models. We rap, we don't think. And he gets into, now hear ye, hear ye. He's about to make this proclamation. I uh, want to see thee more clearly. So there's a, a two-way connection here. Back in the day, like, and by the day, I mean... 1197 to 1253. Oh, classic year. Yeah. Uh, In England. So imagine England in uh, the 1200s. (laughs) There was a guy named Richard of Chichester. Chichester. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. And he had a prayer that he, I guess, apparently wrote that was very popular that went, thanks to be to thee my lord jesus christ for all the benefits thou hast given me for all the pains and insults thou hast borne for me O most merciful redeemer friend and brother may i know thee more clearly love thee more dearly follow thee more nearly Mm. so that that became very popular he was a he was a popular guy back 800 years ago yeah he was like the situation of his day (laughs) uh so you know 700 years later in 1971 there was a musical called godspell by stephen schwartz and it had a song called day by day and in that song uh we got a, a i guess interpolation of richard's original prayer The biggest change here is that may I know thee more clearly got changed to see thee more clearly. So Kanye referencing want to see thee more clearly means that he was either aware of Day by Day by Godspell or had watched Wet Hot American Summer and knew the song 
from there, when it's sung by kids during, what is it, kind of like a talent show? Um, I don't remember when it's sung. All I know is when we were listening to the song yesterday, I was saying, like, why do I know this song perfectly? Like, why do I know every word? Why do I know the melody and the music? And it's because it was at White High American Summer. I don't remember when it was, but I can almost picture it perfectly, like those characters singing the song. Anyway, I want to see thee more clearly. He wants to have an improved relationship with God. I know he hear me when my feet get weary calls back to the chorus that we just heard with him saying, the only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now. I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't spoken so long. So it seems like the implication is that his feet did start to fail him in this time when he was afraid of talking to God. And in that moment when he started to fail, God responded. Mm. God heard him and gave him this, uh, I guess, vindication that he needed or the strength that he needed, which then allows him in the second verse to state clearly, I know he hear me when my feet get weary. I like that interpretation. Or else it's just him saying, like, you know, I, I have this faith. Right. But I think it really just gets back to, you know, the whole reborn angle, how it could really be really tough to find the strength sometimes and you can feel really down and you're stuck in the storm. You don't know which way to go. But at those times, you know that God is there with you and he can hear. So we go, I know he hear me when my feet get weary because we're the almost nearly extinct, which would seem to carry back to the hustlers, killers, murderers, drug dealers, uh, strippers, victims of welfare, we're almost nearly extinct. Is that right? Yeah, th this part's tough. And the fact that you're questioning this kind of signals how the rest of the world must feel about these lines, because it's the only lines in the song that don't have annotations for them on genius. Um, so obviously, you know, the cuz we're almost nearly extinct, the cuz makes it feel like it's an extension of the last line. I know me hear me when my feet get weary. Like it feels like it's a continuation of everything that's been said throughout the verse and that's you know the killers murderers drug dealers all these people living in welfare all these people feeling down we're almost nearly extinct but then the next line is we rappers as role models we rap we don't think so suddenly it makes you think like, he's talking about the rappers yeah because how because can be used it's either it's consequential as you were saying and it comes as a contraction between two thoughts typically like, I am sad because the Browns lost, right? <laughs> uh, I am happy because the Browns have Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you get the consequentialness of these two things through because. But because can also be used at the start of a sentence because clauses can be shift in that way. Because the Browns have Baker Mayfield, I am happy. Because... I'm a Cleveland sports fan. I am often very sad. You can right. see the structure there. So when Kanye says, I know he hear me when my feet get weary, it really creates uh, confusion, whether that's the end of a thought or the end of a clause in which cause where they almost nearly extinct is consequential of that. Um, that God will hear you because you're nearly extinct. Mm -hmm. Or if it's starting a new thought, be because we're almost nearly extinct, we rappers as role models, we rap, we don't think. 
All right, if we're tracking it this way, and that the cause is a new thought, rappers are almost nearly extinct because they don't think when they rap. And there we go. It's a weird. I guess it's just a weirdly structured sentence. Rappers should be these people who express, who believe in themselves, who are above the system, who can motivate people to be above that system. But those rappers who are supposed to be those kinds of role models are nearly extinct because most of them are just rapping and not thinking. Yeah, and I think if I'm going to interpret this line for Jesus, for no, if I'm going to interpret Jesus. this line for genius, <laughs> that's what I meant, for genius. As you're saying, like I, there's that confusion with the idea of role models as it seems like a role model is a positive thing. So when he says we rap, we don't think, that not thinking doesn't seem very role model-y. But using Kanye logic <laughs> and that, you know, you left your fridge open, somebody just took a sandwich and getting at some kind, sometimes these like deeper but simple meanings that have duality to them, role model can be two different ideas. So when he says we rappers as role models, we rap, we don't think, you get a parallel construction of role applying to rapping as rapping is your role and then models and not thinking as people tend to look at models as being more airheaded, all beauty with no brains, uh, not thinking, just walking and being pretty. You're having that point being made. We're role models in the way that we play our role and just act in the most superficial way possible without having any deeper thoughts or appreciation. I don't know if I'm married to that interpretation, but it's at least one that makes sense of the line to you me. Know, I think what throws me off a little bit is, again, the punctuation used on Genius and how it's we rappers as role models, colon, we rap, we don't think. I almost feel like it should be an M dash because it's like a break in thought or it's a twist in the thought that was presented. So obviously rappers who rap and don't think are, shouldn't be role models, but the colon makes it seem like, okay, these rappers who are role models rap and don't think it should. I think if it was an M dash, you would get that twist. Yeah. Yeah. I, if only Kanye had rapped, we rappers as role models, M dash, we rap, we don't think. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have cleared up all the confusion. <laughs> But if that's the idea, yeah, as the point just to help the tracking for anybody listening, nearly extinct would just get to the fact that rappers have been acting in this way where they've been rapping about this superficial stuff. Uh, they haven't been thinking about what they're doing, and it's not going too well for them, which is what Kanye kind of positions him as this savior to radio and this alternative to what rap has been doing yes um that he's this new wave of energy coming in or it could just be saying that uh to the hustlers killers murderers drug dealers even the scrippers um to these victims of welfare like rappers get caught up in this game rappers get caught up in what we saw in the first verse and you start to become nearly extinct because you're not thinking and you're living in this kind of negative life this young and restless life mm -hmm. um, rather than something that's more fulfilling either way it's a critique of rappers in this day and age right and the behavior and looking at doing something different which kind of plays back into spaceship Kanye says on spaceship that he's avoiding all of that and just kind of 
he's not going to do anything that could fuck up him getting a spaceship and going off. Then you get GLC coming in and having this tension between trying to live the gang life and trying to do the things that he needs to do to be successful. Uh, and even relating an anecdote to where when he went out to Hoboken to work with Kanye on Spaceship, Kanye told him not to do anything that would get him in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, that he kind of had to leave that mindset behind and do things by the book at this point, play the game. And then you have Consequence, who says, you know, I, I was up there and then I fell down and now I need to do whatever it is I need to do straight and narrow to get back to the spot. So you have mm -hmm. three people that kind of are aware of getting caught up in worse things or the devil trying to break them down uh, opportunities and are rejecting them for the hope of something more. Right. It's like when I open my freezer and I see those Choco Tacos, I know I'm not supposed to be eating them before dinner. And I have to push past that desire to eat 16 Choco Tacos because Jay-Z gave me a lifetime supply and I have to get rid of these fucking things before I eat my vegetables. That's great. That's great. If only we could get Jay-Z to no longer eat so many Choco Tacos, which... I, I don't know, you know, but he's had this resurgence. You know, he's got 444. Um, he had the Carter's album. I feel like the Choco Tacos are really fueling him these days. He does. I don't know if a lot of people know this. We we got to talk with Jay Z before uh, many times, actually. Uh, Most of text. the time, it's because he's calling us. And we can't get him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, he'll call all the time. And usually, there was a there was a period of a few years there uh, in like 2015, 2016, where he was just gnashing Choco Tacos. Every time I call, he'd be talking with his mouth full, and it's because he was eating a Choco Taco again. Right. But he would cancel out all the calories he was getting from them because while he was eating the Choco Tacos, he was doing so many calf raises. Yeah. Dude's really obsessed with his calves. It didn't hit him until he watched Entourage and the episode where Johnny Drama is wanting to get calf implants. Hmm. And that made Jay very aware of his own calves and how people could perceive them. Yeah, classic episode. Yeah, one of the best. What a plot. Calves. <laughs> Calf implants, right? We're going to no, do that episode? Jay-Z don't play that. He gets the natural calves. Right, he has that trainer. He got a lot of his uh, lower body strength and flexibility, really. I don't know if people know how flexible Jay-Z is from actually doing the dance routines with Beyonce. So when Beyonce practices all of her dance routines, Jay-Z is there also doing all the same moves and really building up that lean dancer body. Not doing it well, but exercising nonetheless. That's right. Things improved when he stopped trying to eat Choco, ta Choco Tacos while dancing. Right. Which just left a mess. Yeah, stuff would fly everywhere. Where were we? <laughs> oh. We don't think I ain't here to argue about his facial features But here to convert atheists into believers I'm just trying to say the way school needs teachers The way Catholic needed Regis That's the way I need Jesus so here I ain't here to argue about his facial features Or here to convert atheists into believers You know, the details about Jesus Was he white, black, whatever How did he look? Beard, no beard Goatee, maybe Mutton chops Fu Manchu <laughs> Fu Manchu. <laughs> Fu Man Jesus? No. 
Uh, I'm just trying to say the way school need teachers, the way Kathy Lee needed Regis, that's the way I needed Jesus. Such an iconic Kanye line. Yeah, it's great because Kathy Lee really did need Regis. She still had a long career without Regis, right? Did she? Yeah, Kathy Lee and Hoda. Oh yeah, that's right. I did. I completely forgot about that. I only know of them because of the soup, and the soup hasn't been on for years, so I forgot about them. <laughs> Maybe the soup needed Regis too. <laughs> so the way Kathy Lee needed Regis, that's the way I need Jesus. So just these uh, Kanye's love of pop culture references mixed with the college dropout and the theme of school being so prevalent. And just the idea that, yeah, you can't have school without teachers. Uh, Kathy Lee wouldn't have had a show without Regis. Kanye wouldn't be who he is without Jesus, which all of that's very humble until we get to this next point. Which I love. So here go my single doll radio needs this. They said you can rap about anything except for Jesus. That means gun, sex, lies, videotape. But if I talk about God, my record won't get played, huh? So here go my single dog, radio need this. So the same way that schools need teachers, that Kathleen needed Regis, that Kanye needs Jesus, radio needs Jesus Walks. Right. Radio needs Kanye West. And it's so. I mean, getting back to those lines, I ain't here to argue about his facial features or here to convert atheists into believers. The song being on the radio isn't meant to convert all these people into believing in Jesus. It's to give people this energy Kanye's gained from Jesus. You know, the confidence Kanye has in himself to do something great. I'm now going to transport that to everybody. It's very kind of him. <laughs> it's been great for me. <laughs> it's very giving gives you the kind of ego that uh allows you to start an absurd podcast yeah the ball's on us you know and expect people to listen thank you for listening yeah all four of our listeners we love you you're all wonderful <laughs> mom my brother my dad and my grandma who can't figure out the podcast app but she tries and that's what's important yeah i it's mostly because i go into her uh, room whenever she's not looking and turn on my podcast and she just has to listen to it. I think we need to find you some hobbies. <laughs> what do you mean? One of my hobbies is sneaking into my grandma's house. Like, uh, let's have a Choco Taco and talk about that. That's another one of my hobbies. Just eating Choco Tacos. Yeah. Sitting there staring at a wall, eating Choco Tacos. <laughs> And by staring at a wall, you mean my Jay-Z poster. That's right. It's how you two communicate. <laughs> you both have the shining, so you can just communicate. Yeah, that's the the poster that has the eyes cut out of where Jay-Z's eyes are, and Jay-Z's on the other side, and we just stare at each other. It just made me really want to write like a sequel to The Shining, where... It's you and Jay-Z, and you both have the gift of being able to communicate through The Shining, the way that Danny and the caretaker, or like the old guy at the hotel did. Yeah, no. Don't write a book about it. Let's make it happen. All right. Let's do this. All right, everybody, we're not going to finish the song. We're going to go write <laughs> The Shining sequel starring <laughs> Travis and Jay-Z. The Shining 2, Chaco Taco season. That's right takes place in the Chaco Taco factory. Yeah, which is located on top of a big snowy hill. 
has to be. That's how they get all the amazing flavors in the Choco Taco and why it's so cold. Yeah, that's how they keep the Choco Tacos cold. They say you can rap about anything except for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that means guns, sex, lies, videotape. Kanye was literally told that a record about Jesus would never get played on the radio. And that infuriated him, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it's Kanye being told he can't do something. Yeah, and that's exactly what he wants to do then. And he frames it in this reverse psychology way that like, oh, you all won't play this because it's about Jesus. And then they'll be like, no, we'll play it. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're playing it. Oh, people really like it. (laughs) So you can rap about anything except for Jesus. That means gun, sex, lies, videotape. Which is a weird forced pop culture reference with Sex Lies videotape being a Steven Soderbergh movie that I don't know if it has any context to this song, but is about a couple where the guy is cheating on the wife with the wife's sister and his friend from college that he's trying to help but is actually being kind of a dick to has a sex problem where he, can, he can't have sex with a woman because of a mental hang-up, so records them talking about mm. things they like in sex. This is a good plot recap. Thank you. I felt very good about it. Uh, then he masturbates to the videos. Oh. So twist. that's kind of, yeah, how he has intimacy with these women. So then right. he gets a video cheating on his wife with, and then the wife finds out that her husband so she goes to the guy who makes the videotapes and makes a videotape for him but then husband just gets fired and the girl gets a divorce and she and her sister are happy jay can you believe this shit is he is jay with you right now we'll talk later uh no no no, not at all i think really the connection here is just you could make songs about people doing terrible things and it's fine that makes sense. And another attack on the kind of classic gangster rap attitude where it advocates power through guns, the power that you have in sexual dynamics, uh, kind of lying about what you have and what you've done, which a lot of rappers did. It's just part of the culture to say that you did these things. Um, and then videotape, no idea. <laughs> just forced reference but uh but if i talk about god my work record won't get played huh which is a big call out against radio uh which is something that kanye would continue to do throughout his career as well well if this take away from my spins would you probably take away from my ends then i hope it take away from my sins and bring the day that i'm dreaming about next time i'm in the club everybody's screaming out it's good shit yeah and that's where that meta-ness comes in as we know that the record did end up getting played on radio, that it didn't take away from his spins, and that if you play this in the club, everybody will be screaming out, Jesus walks. So Kanye had faith in God in this song and all the things that he hoped did come true, which then makes this song like very much a, a blueprint or very meta. It's very cool. Very prescient. Yes, Travis, Yes. <laughs> He knew what the song would do. He did. He's a smart man. A futurist, you could say. Mm, like literally has a crystal ball. A magic eight ball, I think. Oh. He spins the magic eight ball and the last five lines of the song come up. 
did you say spins the magic eight ball? Yeah, you you set it on the ground and you give it a spin. <laughs> Isn't that how your they work? Your magic eight balls never lasted long, did they? <laughs> they last one spin, aren't they supposed to? <laughs> sure, Travis. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so the song that started in a very deep and dark place ends in a very hopeful place, which, uh, I like makes me happy, you know? Yeah, it's good shit. I mean, again, the power of the song is that if you want to become something more and you want to inspire others, you know, to live their best lives, like break out of the situation you're in, live your best life and then communicate that to others. And that's what this song essentially does by the end yeah if you're of another religion just feel that faith and rely on that religion that it will help you and drive you because it gives you a blueprint and a path to something better and stronger an ideal to live up to if you're uh agnostic then you just need to have those role models in your life that empower you and help guide you along in the same way that religion might yeah. like Kanye West like Kanye West so did we do it is that it god I hope so good let's uh have a choco taco to celebrate yeah everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.